Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Fools in Love Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about what we've been up to goal-wise for the first quarter of 2021. So back in early January, or maybe even December, I don't know, B, do you remember? It was probably early December. Okay. We were thinking, what could we do this year that's not quite a resolution, that's not just one major goal, but more of just a how can we challenge ourselves in new and different ways throughout the course of 2021. So we came up with the idea of doing a new and different challenge every single month of the year. And we just want to talk today about how that went, what we're learning, and kind of just the importance of keeping those goals and those promises to yourself as the year progresses. Yeah, I, I honestly, I I, th- I think I've spoken about this before, but I really hate the word, and I don't use the word hate very often, but I hate the word resolution. I just feel like it's kind of sullied and it, it's kind of watered down and no one ever is going to stick to them. And so a lot of the idea of doing these monthly challenges was like, hey, rather than saying one big thing, because we've definitely done that before, like I read 100 books a few years ago, Meg's taken on different challenges. So like I'm not against that as a whole. But if you've ever done that, or if you're currently doing that, you find that it gets a little bit old, it gets a little stagnant, like the initial excitement of doing that thing can really kind of wear off after a decent amount of time, which is why a lot of people just give up their resolutions within the first three weeks. Maybe you find yourself today having had given that up at this point in the year. And so we really took on that monthly challenge and it's really been exciting. So I'm, I'm pumped to get into it and hopefully we can challenge you to take on something of your own. And like Meg said, the most important thing that we can say and hopefully we can hammer in this episode is, is being consistent to yourself long after the point of saying, you know, you're committed to this, but being consistent and holding yourself accountable to the fact that you're going to complete it no matter what. Because we've been in a season of our life where we sold our house. So we're essentially homeless. We're living in an Airbnb. I mean, I, I say homeless as a joke between us, but we're living in an Airbnb. We're very unsettled. We're in a place where we could easily have given this stuff up and no one would have held it against us. But it's in those times where you really have to push through, and I'm proud of us for pushing through. And so, Meg, why don't you lead us in with the first one we did in January? All right. So for January, we did No Social Sundays. And honestly, guys, this one I thought was just going to be like so hard, so hard. And while there were a few times when my like my like my brain just accidentally like went to my phone and I'd have to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm touching my phone for the most part. My brain did not do that. And instead, when the phone was in my drawer for the day on Sundays, I loved it. I really did. Like, it was so freeing. I know it sounds crazy to give up your phone for a weekend day, but I was almost like, hmm, do I just want to continue this through, like, as a however long I want to go thing? Because it really did. It gave us so much more intentionality in our Sundays. It gave us more time. It gave us more just personal space and space together as a family. I think. I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure that you enjoyed it the same way I did, right? Like it was really enjoyable. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, for me, like I know, and I'm sure y'all have experienced this, but I know how toxic social media can be. And I'm not here to have a whole harping session on it, but I will speak to my own experience. And for me, I find it can be really daunting. It can feel like it's kind of self-serving or not really serving me at all in a lot of ways. And it many times will bring me into a more negative space, a more negative thought process So I love that you use the word free because that's exactly the same word I was thinking of. It gave me the freedom on a Sunday to not even need to look at my phone. Matter of fact, there were many Sundays, I kid you not, y'all, my phone was like 95% full, like battery life. I I didn't touch my phone. The usage on my phone went down. And it, it got to the point for me too where I actually took it even a step further and I still continue this to this day, but I won't touch my phone for the first hour I'm awake. So I wait until after 6 a.m. Yes, we wake up that early, but I wake, I wait till after 6 a.m. to even grab my phone, to even look at my phone. And there's plenty of days where I want to grab it and even look at the weather. Like today, I was like, I wonder what the weather's going to be. I just want to grab it and look at the weather, but I don't do that. I just wait the hour and it's something where it's uncomfortable for me. It still is. And I've been doing it for months now. But it's something where I, I realized the effect it was having on me and then I try to do something to 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 fix it because a lot of times we can focus on the problem but not ever try a solution at all. And so giving up the social media on Sundays was so freeing for me and it's something that I'll probably do again because it's just like Meg said, even though it seemed like it was going to be daunting and irritating, it was actually quite freeing. And, you know, one of the things that I was just thinking of, thinking about is the fact that not only was I not using it for social, but even like because I just didn't have it so readily at my fingertips, I was texting less. I was communicating less. Like it became so much more about like our Sunday together as a family and as a couple than it was about like reaching out and answering every text and like initiating texts at all. Like I really I would respond eventually, probably most of the time. But I think just because I wasn't like actively trying to respond like conversations just kind of died for a day and that's okay because sometimes you need space obviously my phone was on if anyone had had an emergency or i needed to reach out to anybody i could have if a friend was having a tough time i would have reached out but that's not what happened we just kind of were able to do this little mini vacay almost kind of a feel for just a day every week that just was really meant for us to connect as a family unit and i think that's really cool and it gave me more time to actually play with the kids, which is interesting because I don't feel like I use my phone like in front of the kids all the time, like in a way that would affect how much I can play with them or be around them. But I think just the distraction of like, okay, yes, mommy will play with you, but let me do this on my phone real quick first. Like there was none of that. And so I think that even just that gave them like more of a a realization that we were being really, really there for them. And there was no like, let me do this first or let me go do that first kind of a feel like there would probably usually be if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just like, for me, it was like an intentionality. Like you said, I mean, it was, it was being present in the moment because our devices have a good way of pulling us away from what's right in front of us. And a lot of times I just pick it up. And for me personally, I'll just be honest with y'all. It's a distraction. It's a distraction from everyday life. Those endorphins pumping. It's that, it's like, it's that dopamine hit. It's just trying to escape from something. So by using that escapism, I'm actually also escaping from the things that should be important to me and that should be on the forefront, like you, like the kids, like the things that are right in front of me at the time. And it just allowed me to be 
present in the moment rather than being a prisoner to my technology. I was, I was present in the moment. I wanted to follow up on something you said earlier. You had said that number one, it's a distraction for you. And you also talked about not checking the weather right now until 6am because like you're not trying, you're trying not to use your phone. So is it really the fear that once you pick up your phone to check the weather, you're going to get go down the rabbit hole? Is that why you're not even allowing yourself to check the weather or what's the, you could, or you could just check the weather and be fine, but you're not doing that. So no, it's, it's definitely getting pulled down the rabbit hole. There's the, just the, the potential to get pulled in, even though I want to believe my willpower is strong enough to not have me get pulled in, but the problem is our phones are set up with a thousand alerts. And so like when I pick up my phone, even if I'm looking at the weather, there's 10,000 alerts that have come up overnight that I'm naturally going to see and are naturally going to pull me into a place that I don't want to be. Really for me, and I'm not even exaggerating, it's like almost like a starving feeling I have to pick it up, which means I'm addicted to it. And I, and the, and I can admit that. But it's like I have a feel, like I have to fight the urge to reach for it and grab it which is why I want to be so intentional not to do it because I'm showing myself each time I don't actually need it because guess what? I'm functioning in life fine, but I can feel myself the desire to reach for it. And it's almost like I'm grabbing my hand by the other hand and like holding it back. Like, Hey, no, we're not doing that now. And the more that I've done that, the routine of that has really like not made it easier, but it's just been the expectation in my own mind that that's what I'm going to do. And it's really made my mornings a lot more relaxing, made my mornings able to set up my day a lot better. And, you know, we're huge about, you know, morning routine, having things set up. We've kind of fallen off of that with all this craziness, but this is some of the things we've, we've kept in place. But I mean, I'd invite you to try it if you really want to know, like give it a shot. And I would say you didn't have to do it for like a whole month. Maybe you just do it for, you know, A a day, just give it a shot. Maybe tomorrow, maybe this weekend, you know, who knows? It's holiday weekend coming up. Maybe you'll decide that that'll be the time to take a little respite from it. But I'm telling you, it's life-giving. It is really life-giving. So why don't we move on to the next one? Okay. So for February, we didn't take anything away from ourselves. We actually added two. And what we did was we decided we were going to write 20 minutes a day. And we have kind of mixed opinions on this one because Brandon will tell you a different story than I will. But what I ended up using my time for specifically was to start writing a book. And I honestly was floored by how far I got because even though it was 20 minutes a day, it was 20 minutes every single day, which I've never in my life done, honestly. Like I've never been so disciplined. I've never done something so regularly. If if I would have ever tried this before, I would have like written for 40 minutes one day and then not picked up, you know, the computer for another week or whatever. So it was just very cool to have like almost like a forced way to do something, which I got a lot done. It was really cool. Yeah. For me, I've, I've always read and I've always heard and I've always listened to podcasts and I've always like had people talk about the fact that like writing can be extremely helpful. And so when we were setting out the calendar for things to do, I was like, let's do that. Let's, you know, let's force ourselves to do that. And Honestly, like I had a hard time with it. Like I, it didn't really do it for me and that's okay. It doesn't mean that it wouldn't do it for you. Obviously Meg had a completely different experience for me. I almost felt like I was just rambling. Like I had no purpose of writing. And so I was just kind of doing a mind dump. And because we had set a time limit on it each day, 
it became more difficult. Maybe if I would have taken away the time constraint and just kind of more fluidly wrote. And when I felt like I was done, I would be done. And really, I mean, just to give it some context, I mean, you were writing toward a purpose of a book. I was writing toward just getting my thoughts on paper. Right. You were almost like trying to start journaling. Yeah. And so it was like a a little bit of a different scenario. I will say I, I did it pretty much every day. I won't even say I did it every day, but I did it almost every day. And in that time, I was able to reflect. I was able to get thoughts down. Honestly, it wasn't really for me. I don't know that I would continue it, but I'm not saying I wouldn't in the future. And also, I know a ton of people that it helps. So it's if it's something that helps you, or even if you don't know that it will, it's worth giving it a shot because anything that can get you able to get yourself thinking or on the right form, or maybe just dumping that stuff out of your mind so you don't need to have it or carry it in that heavy backpack anymore, it might be worth it for you. It just honestly wasn't for me. Did you find like you had to almost like lie to your journal sort of? Like were you feeling like you just held back from that or did you just dump everything? I mean, we have a pretty, I feel like, honest relationship at this point of our relationship where you know that I'm not going to go like looking at your journal. Like I I see, I know where it's at. I know right now where it's at, but I'm never going to crack that sucker open. Like maybe if you die and you told me before you died that I could look at it, maybe then. But even then I'd be like, "Mm, I don't know. That seems pretty personal. (laughs) Well, I don't want to say I would lie, but I guess I I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I guess it's a lie. I mean, I wouldn't tell the full truth because if you want the morbid truth about it, I was like, if I die and Maga reads this, she's going to think I was like a rambling insane person, <laughs> you know, or that I even like had these thoughts. And like you said, we're really good at like communicating things, but there's also a lot of things that I don't necessarily tell you because I'm not going to burden you with the craziness going on in my own mind, like on every thing that could be happening. Oh, yeah. Trust me, he burdens me with the craziness, y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, but but I mean, the, the, th- the thing is, I mean, you still as open as we are, as vulnerable as we are, as much as we preach vulnerability, you also like, there's some things that you just keep in. And there's some things that I struggle with. I've talked about this before as a man, uh, carrying a burden, carrying the stuff for our family. Like a lot of the stuff with our house, I'm, I'm carrying more of because I know that I don't want it to burden you, even though it still does. I carry on that on my shoulders as like the fixer, as the doer. And I get that that's not supposed to be the way it is, but that's the way I'm built and that's my conditioning. And so I'm trying to break through that conditioning. But the number one thing with that is just awareness. But yeah. that that honestly was it. I mean, I, I I was able to say a lot. And if you went and read it, I know you won't, but if you went and read it, you would see a lot of a lot of like deep thought and reflection. It just it wasn't so much for me writing it. I can think through those things and I do a really good job in my head, as you know, of just thinking through all the different scenarios without actually putting pen to paper. But it doesn't mean that I'm not reflecting. It's just the process of writing it wasn't for me, but I loved the reflection piece of it. Right. And you're really, like you said, you're really like a deep thinker and you can do a lot of that in your head. And then when you are ready to share, you've already thought those things through and then you're ready to share them with a person like if it's me, then you can come and be like, hey, Meg, I've got 16 things I'd like to discuss with you. Ready, set, go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the worst at dumping things on you. I know that. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would be, I don't know. I feel like if I had to have, if I would have had like just journaling, I think I would have been good with it to a point because I used to definitely journal in my younger years. 
but I think I would have struggled a little bit more because like you said, I was writing with a purpose. Like I had a specific thing that I was going for, a specific goal in mind. Like I was paying attention to word count and everything and the chapters that I knew I had laid out. So I think that we definitely had a different experience. And I'm wondering now, like if I had just been journaling, would I have loved it and felt so accomplished? Probably not. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from y'all just to pop in here real quick. Like if you find journaling to be helpful, what specifically about it do you like? And what are some things maybe I could try? Because I'm always open to suggestions. Are there things that I could try that maybe I missed? Maybe I didn't give it enough time. Maybe a month of time wasn't enough to get you know, into the practice of doing it. Maybe it was the time limit I set on myself. I don't know. But if y'all have some ideas, feel free to DM us at The Fools in Love. And then we'll move on to the next. And this one, I mean, I really didn't think it would be as challenging as it seems to be just based on the season of life that we're in. And it was giving up alcohol. So we've had a dry month this month for the month of March. And when I set that on the calendar, to be honest, I thought we'd long be in our home by now, that we wouldn't be struggling with this stuff, that we wouldn't be struggling with some of the other things that have kind of been put in front of us, <laughs> that we wouldn't be having any date nights, you know, because that, that made it tough to, because like we, we really aren't like, regular drinkers. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really trying to say you should have like a limit or anything else. I mean, I'm just saying from our own experience, like we, we don't really have it that often. Uh, it's not like a daily thing for us, but like when we do, we like to just like, you know, have an at home date night and make a margarita or like, you know, when we go out on a date night, we like to have something or, you know, if you've had, I'm not saying you should use it to cope, but if you've had like an extremely hard day, sometimes you just to take the edge off, I will have a drink. But this month I haven't had that. And trust me, the temptation has been there so many times. And I'll be real with y'all, a conversation between me and Meg, because we were on a date night and all these people, we were waiting for an hour and 40 minutes to sit down to eat dinner. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. And all the people around, like the waitresses were coming out in the waiting area, taking drink orders. Everyone around us was drinking. The temptation was definitely there. Meg might have even asked me a time or two if we could have one. And I was like, no, you know, like the the stuff going on in our life right now, I know I'm mailing it in on a lot of different things, but I want to stay committed to the things that I said I'd be committed to. If I can't stay committed to the fact that I wasn't going to drink alcohol, then what can I stay committed to? And so again, these challenges are meant to be a challenge. They're not meant to be easy. If the stuff you're set in front of you is easy, then you're not going to grow. And you all know that. And so this definitely is a time where I would have had more than a drink or two on many occasions and when the option wasn't there to present itself, then in its place, I did things like reading. I did things like reflecting. I I didn't go to a place where I needed the alcohol. And now I've shown myself that that I don't actually need that to cope at all. I'm able to just get through the emotions better than I was, but it was more of a challenge than I think we even imagined. Oh, yeah. I think that, I mean, if you would have asked me in January or December, like what would be the easiest one, I would have been like, well, obviously no alcohol would be the easiest one because we don't really even drink. It's not really a thing for us. Like we'll drink every once in a while, whatever. Like that would have been my response. But then we've done three months of challenges and I'm here to say that for whatever reason, maybe it's just the season of life that we are in right now. This one was the toughest for me out of all three because I don't know. It's not that I, it's not that I think that I need it, but I just feel like maybe there were some moments in our in the month of March where it would have been really nice to have it. Like we ended up going on a real date night, like Brandon said, and like 
that would have been fun to have a drink or two. And just some really tough nights where it would have been nice to, you know, lose out on another house and just be like, you know what, let's drown this for a moment, shall we? Like, and we just couldn't do that. And of course, it's way healthier not to do that. So I'm glad that we embarked on this challenge. But it was definitely different and way, way harder than I thought it could ever be for me and the level of drinking that I'm used to, which is not much. So, yeah, I, I mean, like we said, these are challenges. These are things we've taken in and we're going to be doing these every month going forward. And so if you want a little bit of a highlight of what's coming up for April, May and June, well, you can give those to you here. And if you want this, we actually posted on Instagram a while back. But if you want it in email form or printable form, you can just shoot us an email at hello at the and we'll be glad to send it to you. And in April, we're going to be doing running or fitness every day. And so I get it. If you're not a runner, that's cool. You don't have to run. I mean, we're talking about exerting yourself at all. Really anything other than, you know, sitting on the couch doing nothing is going to be getting you to a place where you're fulfilling this challenge. And so we're already talking about how hard this is going to be to try to be moving potentially and running every day or walking every day. But it doesn't actually have to be that bad because like we were just talking about, it could be playing outside with our kids, running around, like doing something where actually like you can break a sweat without having to be like a regimented thing. Because a lot of times we're like, well, we don't have the time to do that. But it's like if you're sitting on the couch. And we do. And we do. Then you have time to do something. An at-home workout, a run, a short walk. You could take your family with you if that's your excuse that you're going to use. Oh yeah, and trust us, we've been we've been there preemptively. We're like, well, you know, if we need to, if it's just not going to work for that day, then let's just take the kids and go. Let's just make our exercise of the day for that day in April, whatever day we're talking about, just a walk with the kids through the neighborhood, and that'll be good enough because at least we're doing what we said we we're doing. There's no time limit on this month. We're just gonna just see how it goes and just again be outside, be active, and do a little bit better of job of moving than we have certainly been recently. <laughs> And then next, uh, in May, we are going to be embarking on a no fast food challenge, which, I mean, we are legit not the healthiest eaters, y'all. So, I mean, we do definitely partake in a lot of fast food, probably more than we should. So no, this definitely one, more than we should. Yeah, so this one's going to be a challenge for sure. But again, it's it's... I know a lot of people, when you're talking about fast food, are like, well, is this fast food? Is that fast food? Y'all know what fast food is. We know what we consider to be fast food. And so, you know, we're going to try to eat healthier for the month of May. And then moving forward to the month of June, again, we're on this, apparently we're on some kind of health kick, but it's it's no treats, which is just anything you consider a treat for the month of June would be out for us. And so we'll let you know how that all goes. But Really, ultimately, like we've already said, it's staying committed to what you said you were going to do long after the excitement of like making that decision. And so every time that you do this, and I think Meg would agree, but every time you do this, it's like another notch on your belt of like doing things and picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, showing yourself the things you're capable of. Because like we've said, each of these things, we thought, oh man, this is going to be hard. I don't know if we can do it. But each one we've done and we'll continue to do each month. And it's almost nice with the monthly challenge because you show yourself each month, you reinvigorate yourself with the fact that, Hey, this is a new challenge. I'm taking on this one and I can do that 
rather than you know falling behind or falling off the wagon and then giving up until 2022. Yeah. So we're definitely excited to see what quarter two holds for us as far as these challenges and in life in general, honestly. And we hope that you'll join us and show yourself what you can do. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 